I'm DJ Psyched, and you're listening to the Get Psyched Podcast. Let's get psyched about music. You're listening to the Get Psyched Podcast. Let's get psyched about music. Today I'm in with Maddie, the new local music director here at WKNC, and we're going to be talking about the history of Paramore. Yes, hello everybody. I am Maddie. As Leanne said, I'm the local music director and one of the first things we bonded over was our mutual love for Paramore. So she was like, let's make this the first episode of the podcast. And I was like, let's do that. So I'm super excited to talk about Paramore. Yeah. So, I mean, for starters, can you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about how you got into music, uh, Paramore maybe specifically, and how you got involved here at WKNC? Okay, yeah. So um, I wasn't raised in a super like music-loving household, but my parents always listening listen to um the local like rock radio station growing up like i remember listening to it as a kid it would play stuff like what's your like rock bands like green day foo fighters stuff like that so i remember listening to a lot of that as a kid because that was the type of music my parents liked but then in like middle school i started to really get more into it and like start to know bands and paramore was like one of those bands because they're kind of like a good introduction to that whole kind of like early pop punk scene so I started listening to them in like middle school, definitely. But and they were they weren't like my favorite band, really. But they were like, you know, they have some bops. And I'm like, they're pretty cool. But then um, when they dropped After Laughter, it just came out at a very important part in my life. And through that album, I started listening to it a lot more and fell in love with their like entire discography. So I'm a pretty big fan of them now. And then as for WKNC, um, Again, like I said, I love music, always have, and I knew that it was a big part of um, NC State. So coming here my freshman year, I was super excited to get involved, but I didn't get involved until my sophomore year, and I started out DJing, and I've been doing that for like maybe only like two months or so, but I became the local music director like a week ago, but so far it's been an amazing experience. All right, that's that's pretty awesome. I think my story is just about almost the exact same, literally, even down to starting at WKNC as a sophomore. So <laughs> yeah, that's cool. All right, and you also said that like after laughter, like came out a very important time important for you. time. Yeah. yeah, like um, I mean, I definitely still always listen to a band, but when you have so much music that you listen to, which of course, like all of us at WKNC, we listen to so much yeah. different music that like. It, it's like I wasn't listening to Paramore very steadily, mm -hmm. and then that album came out, and it was falling right back into it. Mm -hmm. I think that album was... We'll, we'll get into it more once we go down the discography, but that was a yeah. really mature album for them, mm -hmm. and it really showed their growth. So if you want to start this off going down discography, how does that sound? Yeah. All right, all right. All We Know Is Falling. So you said you started listening to them in like middle school and all that? Yeah, and it was mainly like, let's just go like singles wise. Let me pull up that album. So like, you know, I knew Pressure because that was like a big one. But like middle school, the huge songs were like mainly the singles off of Riot. So like Misery Business, Crush, Crush, Crush. I, I remember um Crush, Crush, Crush was the first song from them that I really liked back in like seventh, eighth grade. But All We Know Is Falling is an album that, personally for me I never really connected with it much but I know a lot of like Paramore fans like grew up with this band so they remember being like I don't know 13 14 when this album came out well when this album came out I was five so like I didn't know what really music was much less Paramore and I mean this the sound of it is like so cool it slaps I love that just early pop punk sound but in terms of their like discography it's not my favorite record but my favorite songs are definitely Brighter. Um, brighter, em Emergency, Pressure, you know. Yeah. Right. I just, I don't have a lot to say about this album, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, I guess I'll, I'll dive into a little bit of what I know for the history as far as this album. All We Know Is Falling. Uh, of course, it came out in 2005. So I was only seven when it came out. Mm -hmm. I also didn't know the album when it came out, but the reason this album is so special to, to me, and I think I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this one, is that I started playing guitar at a certain point, so I was very into playing those Paramore songs that were like really heavy on the guitar. Okay, yeah, and, that's cool. So that's kind of like where I delve into this one, because I remember, um, th yeah, it was, it was Pressure. Pressure was like one of the first songs I ever tried to play on guitar, mm -hmm. 
So that was that's the where that riff is iconic. Oh yes. yeah. And um, the story behind the album, like from what they have said about it, you know, this was the point in time when the band was just like getting signed to their record label, Fueled, and uh, Jeremy, he left the band right before they were going to like really take it seriously. And because he, you know, he just went to go live his regular life. He left out uh, right as they were taking off. And we all, we all know that, of course, he came back eventually. Mm-hmm. But they kind of wrote this album about that. You know, you, you get a lot of that in the tri- title track, All We Know, you know, like the lyrics, All We Know is Falling, and it was hitting them heavy. But also uh, Taylor York at the time was a member of the band in the fact that he was friends with them and they played together and such, but he wasn't an official member yet because he was still kind of young and his parents didn't want him to pursue music before school. So at this point, the band was basically the Pharaoh brothers and Haley. And there were, of course, there were members in the band at this time, but like they're at this point, they're high key irrelevant. No one remembers them, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I, I I definitely always connected with that album because I, I love their story. You know, it's kind of like the story of the small town band going out to make it and they're, they're real people and they're scared about what's going to happen. Isn't, I guess, isn't that, the song Franklin, like aren't they like from like Franklin, Tennessee? I think right? so. They're from like, Tennessee, but I don't, I don't know if it's... Specifically, it's Franklin. Isn't like, I feel like, I think <laughs> that Google song, is. yeah, research in the middle of the Franklin, podcast. Franklin, Tennessee. I think, I I remember hearing about this, and I think like, Fra- is a place. Franklin is maybe a song about like, kind of growing up in that small town, I want to say. Maybe. It sounds about right. Yeah. But yeah, this this album, I think for me, especially my, the highlight of this album is My Heart. That is a very passionate mm-hmm. song. That song hits deeply, and like, the um, Josh Farrow's screams on that one, it, I don't know. They just that whole track is perfect to me. Yeah, that it's really like hard. interesting because like <laughs> I remember when I first heard that song. Like when I when I first got into them in like middle school, as I said, like I only kind of knew like the singles, the hits. But then when I kind of dive back into their discography after they release after laughter, I probably like put their um, discography on shuffle, and then that song comes up. And then the screams come in, and I'm like, "What? This is a pair like a Paramore song, like screaming in like a Paramore song? Whoa! Like I've never heard that before. And as far as I know, that's the only like recorded Paramore song that ever has screams in it. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, that's why I think. I mean, this album altogether is just pretty. It, it's different. It's very different from the rest of what we get from them. And like pressure, I just have to bring this up because I always thought it was amazing. I love love watching Paramore's live performances. And watching the pressure flip, you know, like when they're on stage and, and when they're singing pressure, there's a certain point where like Taylor would do a flip, like literally flip over um, Jeremy's back. I've seen this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, I, uh, I saw them live one time when I was in high school and I saw that flip, but they don't play that song anymore and they don't do that anymore. So I don't know. Low-key iconic. Just had to bring that one I up. I saw them on Monumentor. <laughs> that was the one with Fall Out Boy in 2014. I was, I, I saw them in Raleigh on that one. I was, uh, that was still when I was in Charlotte. So I saw them on the Charlotte show. And at that point, um, didn't really know them that well. Like I said, knew all their hits. They might have done the pressure flip. I honestly don't know. Were they still playing Pressure in 2014? I not? yeah yeah that was the show that I saw them do it. I'm pretty sure they still played it. It at that probably point. happened then, and I probably didn't even like realize it. How it's, sad. It's a nice point for us to transition into Riot because another big show moment for them because they they are really about tradition with their shows mm-hmm. is of course the Misery business. Yes, which they don't do anymore. Like. Just playing that song live, or when they would always bring a fan up on stage. So from from what I've heard, because I I've been to a I've been to a show of theirs recently, but I think this was before they announced that they would stop playing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they just all together don't play it right now. Yes, and it makes sense because you know you don't want to play your old songs for forever, mm-hmm. especially ones that you literally have been playing since like 2007. And also the thing <laughs> like with the particular lyric, I'm sure we're all aware. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like like. I'm not gonna dive too much into that, but like I get it, but 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 at the same time, like I'm totally not like saying like Paramore's canceled because Haley was probably I don't know how old was she when she wrote that like yeah nineteen and the world was a little different oh of a place. yeah mo- most definitely like I think yeah I I don't think anyone was particularly like upset with them for that song, but yeah. I do I do understand why she yes. would want to stop performing it, and totally. I I respect her for making that decision yes. or the. I say her, but it's it's obviously they're a whole band. Yeah. But uh, but since they're, which we'll continue to talk about more, 
the members have have come and gone and come and gone in this mm-hmm. band, but uh, I guess Haley's really the only constant so far. So, anyhow, yeah. Um, so Riot, what are your thoughts on Riot? Um, again, when it came out, I was seven, so it's not an <laughs> album I like grew up with, but um, it's a lot more mature than all we know. Like the fact that they were able to go from that album to this one in what like two three years is just like amazing. Um, I do. This is the album that, like, I kind of discovered them through in, like, middle school when all my friends and everyone, we were all, like, big fans of Paramore. So, like I said earlier, um, Crush, Crush, Crush is the first song from them that I, like, really fell in love with. But I also remember, I remember listening to That's What You Get in, like, seventh grade. I remember having that on my iPod, I want to (laughs) say. Wow, throwback and playing it a lot. But um, times have changed, and my favorite songs now are definitely, um, for a pessimist, I'm pretty optimistic. Good one. The opening track, as well as the closing track, Born for This. I also really like Fences and Let the Flames Begin, and I still really like Crush, Crush, Crush as well. Oh, wow. Okay, yes. Uh, We have a lot of similar favorites (laughs) on this one. Honestly, this whole album slaps so hard. This is like definitely one of those albums where they had so many bangers on it. Because I remember mm-hmm. when I did start getting into Paramore, like this was obviously the album that I saw on my iPod because I shared I shared an iTunes with my sisters. Mm-hmm. You know, like back then everyone shared an iTunes. And so I found Paramore through like, I guess one of them had saved a bunch of songs from this album. And, and that's what you get was really popular at the time. Crush, Crush, Crush. And of course, Misery Business. Those mm-hmm. three were like booming in high school when I was listening to this. But I agree, like my favorites are totally Fences, Born for This, mm-hmm. and Let the Flames Begin, which I was like, I lost my mind when part two came out. I know mm-hmm. that's like later on, but like Let the Flames Begin has always been one of my absolute, like not even just favorite Paramore songs, just favorite songs in mm-hmm. general. So I don't know. But yeah, it was. it's really, I don't know, this album slaps. There's nothing more to say about it than that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as like their band composure at the time, they still had... The Pharaoh Brothers and Haley, and at this point, Jeremy came back, and I, I'm pretty sure, and like I'm gonna put in my disclaimer now that I should have put in a little while ago. Everything we're saying here is stuff that we know from you know watching the Paramore documentaries and and reading about them and things that they've said themselves. Stuff. But that's we're not saying that anything we're saying is 100% fact. This is just as far as we know as huge Paramore fans. Mm-hmm. So I will say that I think. By Riot Taylor, he was writing on the album, but he wasn't still considered an official member. That was when they toured during the final Riot tour, which also has its own album that I totally have and watched way too many times. <laughs> uh, I think that's the point when he got his official membership into the band. But so far, um, between the albums, I agree with you. They their sound matured a lot in two years, and which is a theme that continues to oh, happen. Yeah. Like. They've, oh my gosh. I That's one thing, and that's why this is such a great band to cover the history of. I think that this band, even to this day, is still just growing, growing, growing. There's never been a falling point in my eyes, but yes. we'll uh, move up now. Um, we can briefly roll over the final riot just because it is, it's it's not all new songs or anything. It's mainly not new songs besides like Decoy and Gonna all these other be B-sides. Honest? Not sure. You said you've watched it, so is it also like a live performance because yes. this is just like a live album on Spotify. I have never watched this. That's all right. But you know what? Good point. One of these days I'm gonna bring in the C D and we can watch it. I would love to do that. Cause I have I'm I have definitely I think on YouTube seen some of these, like not the whole thing, but like individual clips. Yeah. And I think it's re- regarded as like one of their best performances ever. Yes, oh it's, it's really it's good. pretty bomb. Uh especially because I'll say I think I think this is I don't know if there's an official uh, version of Decoy out there. I've only ever heard this live version. It's amazing. Oh, that's that track. If slaps. anything, I think there might be like a demo. Demo, of it, yeah. Maybe. I think there is a demo yeah. out because that was like a B side, mm-hmm. um, which they have. Their B sides are are amazing. Yeah. Another thing about Paramore, <laughs> I'm not sure like when was the right time to bring this up, but a lot of bands who have been going on as long as Paramore, like at least at this point in their career, would have already like made like an official like B-Sides release. And I'm so mad Paramore hasn't. Like yeah. there are so many like B-Sides and songs that they should totally just like gather together and put on like an official release. And I'm just so sad that they haven't done that yet. But yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if by like 
0.0001% chance someone who works with Paramore <laughs> hears this. Can you please release a B-Sides album? Thank yes. you. Um, but next up is Brand New Eyes. Another two years between releases. What are your thoughts on Brand New Eyes? This one, I have a lot more... Like, I don't have much of a... Not personal connection, but like... If I had to maybe go into like my top... 50 albums of all time, Paramore's most, uh, three most recent releases, um, After Laughter, Self-Titled, and Brand New Eyes would definitely be among those, but then Riot and All We Know Is Falling would not be. So, like, this album is really when, like, their stuff just really started, like, to hit it for me. Um, every single on this record is flawless. I have the, the track list pulled up. Careful, Ignorance, Playing God, Brick by Boring Brick, um, The Only Exception, all flawless songs like honestly careful ignorance playing god brick by boring brick that that like four song run like is incredible i i just i could go on and on about just those four songs and how amazing they are so obviously i really like those four songs i also really like where the lines overlap as well yeah and and turn it off. Turn it off was not a single, was it? I no, I don't think was. that was ever yeah. a single. But it's a it's a good one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. For this album, I totally agree. The singles are flawless, and also this is a point um that I guess we haven't really spoke about much since now. The music videos for this album, they're pretty flawless too. Yes. Brick by Boring Brick was a it was a beautiful video. Yes. And a nice story. And then of course, like the only exception, love. Love that that song went so mainstream and huge because it really like threw Paramore out there mm -hmm. for a crowd of people who even weren't like looking for like rock type music or anything. Like that mm -hmm. song is ginormous. Yes. And it deserves to be because it's a mm -hmm. great one. Uh, and the video is cute. But yeah, um, I think at this point, two years later, and like once again, this band has grown like far beyond what most bands would grow in, in four years, two albums. Mm -hmm. uh, the The lyrics are really... I don't know, heavy, strong, just personal. Mature. They're okay. mature. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. They're so mature. And and um Brand New Eyes uh so it didn't have like the same movie as The Final Riot, but it did they did have a docu series they released under Brand New Eyes. Uh we were talking about a little while ago. It's um I remember watching this this docu series and I just remember the main themes that they kept talking about were how in their personal lives and as a band, they were going through so much at this time. And you can mm. feel it in the yes. record. Ignorance, most definitely. Yes. <laughs> like they did not. That's what makes, I think, in my eyes, Paramore is like flawless because they don't make music to just like they if they have something in their heart they're trying to talk about, they say it and it comes out so good because it's mm. so much passion behind it. And uh, at the time they were, I guess, struggling as a band. And at this point, the lineup is pretty much the same as Riot still. But this is when things kind of got shaky and they knew it. Mm. That's kind of like what they were talking about a lot in it. And and of course, the title itself is is the whole concept of the album. You should look at people through brand new eyes, mm. especially going through hard stuff. You can't just keep looking at them and remembering the bad stuff and all the hard times mm. you've had together. And uh, it, it's just, I love concept albums. And this concept album is so conceptually like well put together that mm. like, I don't know. I, this it's an experience, in my opinion. Yeah, I like. I really like. Um, I mean, it could be argued that some of the songs on Riot, or maybe all, or all we know is falling, are angry. But this is the first time, like I've talked, I've already like mentioned how much I love um, Ignorance. But that is one of my favorite Paramore songs. It just hits so hard. Like if I'm ever mad at anyone or anything in my life, this is the song I play. It's just like. <laughs> The feeling that it portrays is just amazing, and it's just like such a great song. And I mean, I am pretty sure what I've heard is that song was written about uh, not one of the Pharaoh brothers. Um, really? Um, oh, he was there. I'm forgetting. Jer Jeremy. 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 The I want to say. Do you think so? <laughs> uh, it was. I'm pretty sure it was. Um. Oh boy, it was okay. They were going to like, so when they were like recording or writing material for the song, 
they had written like the music or instrumental part for ignorance and then Haley went off and like wrote the lyrics and so then they all got back together to like play it together the first time and Haley was kind of like singing the lyrics kind of like muffled because they were about maybe not Jeremy but someone in the band and so she was kind of like singing the lyrics which are very like personal and stuff but kind of like being quiet about it and I I'm pretty sure like I read that when they like got the song done they were like all right so do you have something you want to talk to us about (laughs) or something like that but like the fact that she wrote that like about the people that she was playing in the bandwidth and then it ended up on the album goes back to what you said about like if they have something to say like they don't shy away from talking about it yeah and I think that was the beautiful thing of watching that documentary series, like the, I definitely think it's worth checking out for anyone who's interested in Paramore, is because they it, ha- it has to be really difficult, right? Because I, I think about my own friends and the times that we've struggled. It is really hard to sit your friends down at a table and oh, be yeah. like, these are our issues. We need to sort through them. Oh, yeah. So to do that on an album that you're going to put public and yeah. to film a documentary where you're doing that with your friends in front of a camera, that's oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine like how that must feel for them. But you you kind of can't imagine if you listen to the album. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. That that one is a huge one. And it's a great transition into self-titled because so much happens oh my between gosh. Brand New Eyes and self-titled. And it's the longest period they go without an album so far with a four year, with an almost four-year break. Yeah. And uh, so just a quick history. I mean, you can literally... The biggest thing you notice when you flip between Brand New Eyes and Paramore, the self-titled album is the fact that for the first time they put their faces on it and there's only three of them. The Pharaoh oh. brothers are out, <laughs> you know? You know, I never realized that, but you are right. <laughs> so I think that was an interesting statement because, I mean, it's a, they, they, they self-titled it. That's a statement in and of itself. I think mm-hmm. when a band self-titles an album, they're saying this is us. And so that's a big statement. And then them putting, literally putting their faces on the album that like this whole, this whole album is a statement piece yeah. and it is amazing. Here, I'll, I'll let you talk about it first yeah, before I go when, into it. When you said, like, the biggest shift onto it, I was expecting you to say, like, just the pure pop influence, which is another statement. I remember pretty sure that Now was the first single they dropped for this album, and I remember reading stuff online because, ooh, I want to say I do remember when this album dropped because I was 13. Uh, maybe I remember hearing when this album dropped because 2013, that was only a year before I saw them on Monumentor and I was definitely listening to them prior to that. And I remember, because I wasn't like a huge Paramore fan, but a lot of my friends at the time were. And I remember a lot of my friends being like, oh my God, they went like full pop or whatever. And like, I think probably me back in my like middle school days was like, oh, if they went pop, they're like a pop band now. Well, I don't want to listen to them. So maybe, like, honestly, that might have something to do with why I never, like, listened really deep-dived into their discography until, like, I had matured a bit and was like, you don't need to have guitars and be a rock band to be to make good music. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I can't believe, like, I went with that, like, mentality for so long. But, like, honestly, like, the pop songs are flawless. We were talking about this before we recorded the podcast, but like Ain't It Fun is a flawless pop song. Oh yeah. That song, it's amazing. It like I keep using the word flawless, but it is flawless. Like that is such a perfect song. Yes. Oh yeah. No, I'm I'm not judging you for using flawless. I keep I'm pretty <laughs> sure I just keep saying they're perfect. And yeah. like high key, Paramore is one of my favorite bands. So I mean, another disclaimer, I mean, this is totally <laughs> biased, <laughs> but <laughs> That's fine. I don't mind it because I didn't. I didn't get a, a Paramore tattoo because they're not one of my favorite yeah. bands. Um, yeah. No, this album is definitely. It's the amount of like growth and switch in sound. So here's a, a point I wanted to bring up real quick. Since I did talk about the Pharaoh Brothers are gone at this point, mm-hmm. it's Haley, Taylor, Jeremy going at it as a trio. Mm-hmm. At this point, they got those tattoos on them to yes. say that they were a trio. That three line logo thing they have going on and uh but the other two brothers they are doing something at this point um i don't know do you listen to half noise is that what a little bit half noise yeah okay that i i love half noise i gotta say i was really happy with what uh zach farrow did after this Mm -hmm. um his project's amazing and you know obviously now he's back in the band uh, as one of the members but um and we'll get more into that later but but you can you can feel the two members have left 
And you, it's also very interesting when you listen to the solo work they did during this time because you can feel their influence moving into something totally different. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie, was never a fan of what Josh Farrow went out to do. Listened to it one time and kind of turned my back to it. Honestly, don't even know what he went out to do. Um, He went out and he did kind of a solo project. I mean, he had members in his band, but the band was called Farrow. Obviously, very... I haven't even heard of them. <laughs> yeah, they didn't quite... They didn't quite make it the way the other band did. And this is no shade, no tea. Uh, yeah, we're, yeah. Just, we're just saying the facts as it is. Like, yeah, um, yeah I, I never really got into what he did after that. But yeah, so so that's that's what they're doing, right? They're gone. They're doing their own musical things. Um, and we now we have the band before us. And once again, like, honestly, telling the history of Paramore, it just feels really redundant because you could listen to their albums and feel their history. Yes. But that's like, that that's a huge thing on this album. Like, obviously, when you listen to it, like grow up, grow up. I mean, you I was just about out. to say, like, to grow up. Out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, honestly, this is one of my songs. Like you said, like uh, ignorance is one of your songs. Whenever someone, when when someone gets to me in a yeah. certain way, grow up is my go-to song. I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, like, yeah. They did such a good job. And again, like I, I'm trying. I'm like now that we're like talking about this, I'm trying to think. Like, is there another <laughs> band that I can think of that wrote songs about? members of their own band and then like put it out there into the world like i honestly can't think of another band and i just think that's so cool i don't know just like just so not brave but like cool it's just cool it is fun Uh, i've only i personally have only seen it one other time in another band you know of emblem three no okay well that there's a whole nother story behind that band but they that's the only other band i could think of that did it and i'll have to say uh, as much as i like that band and and like I think Paramore Did does it, it the best. Does it the best when they when they uh when they're honest about these things. Just yeah. because um and I have no problem with the, the songs that M3 came out with actually. I love those songs a lot. But uh <laughs> what I am saying here is that um yeah, no, this album like it, it's so hard for me to try to tell the story without being like, why don't you just listen to the album? Mm-hmm. Because they, they told the story themselves. Like moving on is another one, the interlude. Oh, yeah. Right? And then I almost so moving on probably definitely about like band struggles or tension in the band as well as um probably I'm not angry anymore. Oh, yeah. Holiday angry might anymore. be as well. I I do I want to say that I read online that the reason they did those interludes isn't only like to break up the album but like when they were recording these it was a lot of like really heavy topics and a lot of louder songs just heavier topics and they like needed just a little break to like calm down a little bit yeah that's why like the interludes are in there but even in like the the interludes they're talking about still like heavy Heavy stuff heavy stuff yeah oh yeah and um i'm glad you brought up the interludes because that's that's a very interesting thing that they did with this album it's obviously something the band's never done before and uh the fact that they're all like little ukulele ditties just kind of i don't know it I feel it's like if any other them. band tried to do an album with like a minute or so long interludes of like ukulele <laughs> ukulele songs, I'd be like, Psh, "What a gimmick!" It that would feel cheap, yeah. It'll it it just wouldn't work at all. But like, it works so well. Everything Paramore <laughs> does just works so well, and it's great. I yeah. mean, my theory behind that, and and not saying that like there's no other band that can do like Paramore, but um, what <laughs> the way I feel about it is, it's just that they. Everything they do, you can feel the authenticness behind yeah. it. Yeah, like you can feel that none of this was a gimmick. This, they're not like having drama for the sake of selling their drama because they try really mm-hmm. hard to stay away from people getting all up in their drama for clout or whatever. Like they just, they just. I mean, everyone's life is hard, and they write about it, and they do such a good job that you, it's hard to find any of their albums not relatable. Yes, everyone, everyone, like has had you know falling out with friends and i think that's what makes paramore so relatable is that like at some point in anyone's life they could relate to one of these albums yes definitely and and i'm gonna use a word i've used a lot Uh, this album's perfect yes (laughs) yeah agree all right and and also another thing is like it's a really long album it is yeah i noticed that too it's 17 songs long and i'm on like a weird version of spotify so i can't see like (laughs) the length but i think it might be over an hour long isn't over an hour long let me see how long does it say it is Uh, it doesn't really say here I don't know, but it's very long. And, like, oh, my gosh, Future is, like, eight minutes long. What? It's seven minutes, 50 seconds. (gasps) Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. No, Future. Okay, I remember the first time I listened to that. Because, like, this whole album has a, like, a lot of people will say this is around the time they started getting more pop. But there's so many different musical influences oh, yes. on this album. Oh, yes. Like, it does not get boring I at any point. I think Ankle Biters goes one. pretty hard as well. That one goes hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, like... I mean, there's not real screaming in that song, but the aggression behind yes, the vocals yes. is so powerful. Yes. But yeah. Do you want to move into an album I'm sure you're very excited to get into? Yes, After Laughter. <laughs> because they also, and like interesting theme here, uh, this is the second time that they've taken four years to put out an album. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now the gap has increased because it was like the two, the two, the four, and the four again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we have After Laughter. Um just just give me your thoughts on that first, and then we'll get into it. All right, so, like, a, a bit of a personal story, I guess. I remember when Hard Times dropped, because this is now 2017. I can remember being 17 years old. That was only however many years ago 2017 was, like, three, four years ago. Like, I remember when Hard Times dropped, and I was just like, oh, okay, this is a sound. And I wasn't like, oh, my God, it sucks. Paramore went full pop. But I was like, this is a new sound style. And I was like, it's not really my thing, but I think it works for them. And I think they pulled it off really well. And then, like, I remember they released, like, Rose Colored Boy as a single. And I was like, same feelings, kind of. Maybe Fake Happy was a single before the album. No, um, Told You So and Rose Colored Boy. I'm pretty sure were both released before the album came out. And, again, I was, I was, I was kind of like... Like, they have a cool new sound, and it works really well for them, but it's not entirely my thing. But then when the entire album dropped, I don't think I listened to it right, like, the day it was released. Maybe, like, a month or so after it was released, I was just going through some personal stuff, and I was, like, people online were t- were t- um, talking about, like, how good of a help maybe this album was with, like, mental health things or just like anything in life that you're struggling with so I was like well I'm kind of struggling let me give this a listen and like oh my god it just hit different like I remember for like two or three months of my life this was like the only thing I listened to and it was like it's really what made me fall in love with Paramore because as I said at like the very intro of the podcast like I knew them in middle school, but didn't really like listen to them much. But then when they released this album and I really connected with it, then I started to go back through all of their stuff. And then like I was like Paramore was like my most played artist of um, 2017 and 2018 by far, I'm pretty sure. So it's like really because of this album that I got so much into them and now they're one of like my favorite bands. So just because of that reason, this album is like really important to me. Yeah. I I totally feel a lot of that. Uh, I had already, I before I came to college, like when I, I remember before I saw Paramore Live in concert, just like you, it wasn't that much longer before that that I became a fan of the band. Mm-hmm. But when I saw them in concert, I'll, I'll never forget standing there and just staring Taylor York down mm-hmm. because I was like when I first started playing guitar and that's when I was like, okay, I really want to get better at this. Cool. I literally like after that concert, I had saved a little bit of money from my job and I had a really bad, like a real bad first electric guitar mm-hmm. that thing sucked so bad <laughs> i took the little bit of money i had scraped up i went to the guitar store and i bought a better guitar and started playing so, ignorance yeah. <laughs> i'll never forget that one but um yeah so i i loved the band way before but when i was in college um you know my first semester was really rough and my second semester was even worse mm-hmm. and then that is around the time this album dropped right when i was about to enter my sophomore year the end of my freshman year so i was in college Life was hard, you know, a typical story. Hard times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hard times. And I, I'll never forget hard times dropping because, I, I mean, literally the, the one of the absolute most heinous months of my life and then hard times dropped and I was like, yes. Really. Yes, it has <laughs> it been hard been, times. It has been some hard times. Thank you for relating. And yes. that song like instantly became like my most listened to song mm-hmm. uh, for like the week, month or however it charts it. And then... um. Yeah, and then they kept dropping singles. And I remember this was around the time that indie music was becoming really like a big thing for me because indie music, you know, I'm I'm, I'm the indie music director. <laughs> like <laughs> indie music is like a huge thing for me. And so I think their sound here, it's not like full indie, but there's definitely indie pop influences like heavily in this album. And so I, I, I gravitated towards the new sound. So like I... I was excited that they were starting to play music that was more like some of the stuff I was already listening to. Mm-hmm. 
And this is something I want to bring up too about their history real quick before we get too into the sound and yeah. all that of the album, is that this is a point that is very interesting and something I, I did not expect. This is when Zach Farrow re-enters the band and Jeremy mm-hmm. is gone. Yes. Um, and if you listen to Half Noise, very indie-influenced band, mm-hmm. really great band. I love Half Noise. <laughs> their, their, their work is so good. You can feel Zach Farrow's influence when he comes back into this band because yes. he brings his sound into what mm-hmm. they had. They had already started bringing a bit of the pop element into it, and then he came in with his kind of indie sound, and then you get this fusion of the differences they had when they were apart, making them stronger together. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it's like really beautiful. If you listen to self-titled, you listen to Half Noise, and then you listen to After Laughter, and you can feel the meshing. That's really cool. Yeah, I know a bit of Half Noise. I've listened to them a bit. Don't they have a song called like Scoobies in the Back or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know one. I know that song a little bit. And definitely, yes, this album, from what I remember of Half Noise, um, After Laughter and Half Noise sound very similar. Yeah. Yes. Um, which I think is really fantastic. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But um oh, and that's an, another fun point to bring up because we did talk about how like self-titles when they got those tattoos, and when you look at the cover of After Laughter, it's like an illusion yeah. based of the tattoo. How cool is that, dude? Like yes. symbolism. Love that. <laughs> yes, it's so cool. They're really they're clever. That's something I love about Paramore too. They they will not miss up an opportunity to be clever. Yes, most definitely. Um, but yeah, um, so what, what would you say, aside from just like the title tracks, what, what became your favorite songs off oh, the album? Oh, most definitely. Um, because like the hard times I was going through at that point, I really connected with um, Told You So and Caught in the Middle. Those, to this day, continue to be two of my favorite Paramore songs. Um, the opening line, Told You So, um, for all I know, the best is over and the worst is yet to come, like takes that like cliche, like, the worst is over, the best is yet to come, and just completely flips it, which is something that I was really feeling at the time. Because you said this album dropped like when you were going into your sophomore year of college. Yeah, Yeah, I was in my senior year of high school, and senior year, that was a rough time. Um, And, like, everyone around me was just telling me, like, the, like, cliche, like, it gets better, it gets better. And I'm like, for all I know, the worst is over. and the, uh, I mean, the best is over and the worst is yet to come, da-da-da. And I'm like, it's a very, like, cynical view, I guess, and a very, like, pessimistic view. But, like, it's exactly how I felt at that time. So I really connected with that song a lot. That's still, like I said, one of my favorite Paramore songs. And then Caught in the Middle is another one for a lot of, like, the same, like, lyrical reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is a point that in this album that I think a lot of people love, even though it has this really happy, poppy vibe to it, the lyrics are far darker than like like even any of the other albums. They usually have like, oh, things are hard, but there's an optimistic spin. And and there are a few songs, obviously, in the past that were all kind of dark, like ignorance and stuff, like just heavy dark. But this album, like most of the tracks, it's like Literally, kind of the darker there's side. there's a line and caught in the middle. And it's like, um, I can't think of getting old. It makes me want to die. Like yeah. she, she just said that. <laughs> she didn't like, hold back. She, oh my gosh. She just said like, it makes me want to die. Like she was really, and it's a thing that like many people have like talked about it before. And I remember when this album dropped, so many people were doing like, or not people, but like magazines and publications i guess were doing like interviews with like Haley because she was like really talking about her like mental health kind of very openly for the first time so like it's definitely a thing that's like been discussed like many times but i just don't think it can ever be discussed like too many times because they were she they and but like Haley specifically was just so open and talking about it and like writing songs that really like represented like how she felt and that's why this album is like connected with so many people so well oh yeah uh totally agreed i mean my favorite my favorite track the one that that hit me so hard the first time i heard it was idol worship Mm -hmm. and um i guess like honestly i think everyone who listens to this will find a different favorite song and they're not going to say it's because of how it sounds it's because the lyrics are going to hit you yeah in one of the songs and idol worship hit me so hard because i felt like uh, back in back in the day, I always used to feel like um, like a lot of people expected me to be like like a saint. Like I, that was, mm-hmm. I was I was definitely that friend that people leaned on way too much because they're like you know, eh, like they kind of I, I felt like sometimes people put sometimes if you try to be that friend who helps people, you get put on a pedestal and then people expect unrealistic things from you. So that those that's like what idol yeah. worship is. It's like you know don't you can't expect me to be better than good. I'm a person, you yes. know. And that that song hit me so hard. I was like, Haley, this album mm-hmm. 
is is fire. And I'm also not dismissing the fact that Taylor York and uh, Zach Farrow went on this album. Obviously, high five because they to like Taylor. definitely did like the music yeah. and sound, which is a big thing. And but I, like, I'm sure they did some of the lyrical yeah. work too. Um, but also, wait, real quick, like a high five to Taylor York because the guitars on this album are flawless, yes. <laughs> and uh, all the the like distortion and the pedals and the like I don't it's not it, you can hardly sometimes tell it's a guitar because the yeah. effects are so flawless mm-hmm. and just like all the <laughs> sounds yeah it's but yeah anyways I, I I'm not dismissing the fact they all wrote it I just keep saying Haley because I don't know she I'm pretty sure she wrote <laughs> a heavy like, influence on most of it yeah most of the lyrics yes because like I, I I would never speak on her behalf as far as her experiences but she was very open at the time about going through a lot of things and you don't even, you don't even need her to say it. You just listen to the album and you can pick that one up, you know? Yeah. That's that's what makes Paramore amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Is the next place to go like the next new big Paramore project that we were talking about earlier? Yeah. We're right. definitely going to have to end this one off by bringing up the most relevant details. Oh, you go for it. Oh, like 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 Wait, sorry. Basically, <laughs> Pedals for Armor. It's a thing that has been happening and it has been confirmed that it has something to do with like Haley and Paramore. Well, Haley, I guess specifically because she's been posting about it on Instagram. But before that, I'm not sure if you use Reddit. Do you use Reddit? So much. Okay, so are <laughs> you on the R slash Paramore? Totally. Yes. Yeah, so that was where I first saw that. Like, oh, this was at least a month ago, maybe more. People were like, "Why is Paramore following this account called Pedals for Armor that has like a black profile picture and?" zero posts and I was like ooh but like they were right and it turned into something and they have not released any songs they've released little like audio snippets and they've started putting up a bunch of posters around big cities and Haley is in the poster so it's definitely like yes this is a a thing not not a Paramore project but a Haley Williams side project that is coming out what's the date I, I want to say it's January 22nd. Maybe. Oh. Wait, wait, th- wait. That's like really soon, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's the 17th of January right now for anyone listening not on today. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. So that means like I'm pretty sure it's January 22nd is the date that like Pedals for Armor keeps posting everywhere. So that means like in less than a week, we'll get to hear whatever this is. And I am very excited. I'm very excited, yes. too. I, I feel you on that Reddit thing, though, because that's where <laughs> I see most of my my. Uh, news updates for Paramore mm-hmm. and uh, this new project has been has been getting a lot of hype and I'm really excited for it too because I don't know like um, when she tweeted Haley Haley tweeted the first like official kind of it was for like it. a screenshot, screenshot of like of the notes, notes app yeah. right yes a screenshot yes, of yes, her yes. notes app and like um, <laughs> I thought it was really cool because that's when she confirmed this is a solo thing like mm-hmm. this is not a Paramore thing this yes. is her thing and uh Considering the fact that Paramore, like like I said earlier, Paramore isn't Haley Williams, but she's been the constant of Paramore mm-hmm. through uh, Paramore's whole career. So to think that she's going to go off on her own, do her own thing. And, and she's already been kind of experimenting with, with doing things on her own, obviously, because she's guest featured on so many different songs well and other artists. As well as Good Die Young, like her yeah. own hair company, her which own she's like working a lot with. Yeah. Yes. So she's always kind of done her own thing outside of Paramore. But the fact that like this is her first like wholehearted solo music project. The more we talk about it, the, the more excited, I'm like, yeah. this This is, <laughs> we're about to have like Haley Williams solo work. Yeah. Which is something that we've never, yo, yo, <laughs> I'm so excited now. Like I was already hyped, but I was like, I think it just like clicked the first time. Like this is happening. Oh, this yeah. is so cool. No, sitting down and like literally <laughs> forcing ourselves to look through all their old albums and, and think about all of our experiences with Paramore has definitely built up my hype too. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like through this thing, I've been like thinking back to me like, in middle school to when like they didn't mean that much to me but now here we are where they're one of like my favorite bands and I'm so we're both so excited to hear a solo project is like wow how far we've come because like I haven't grown up with this band like a lot of people have like like I said earlier like a lot of people online talk about like I was 13 when all we know is falling have came out so I have like grown up with this band but I've grown up with this band through like self-titled after laughter and then this new chapter with um pedals for armor and like i guess i've grown up with them not when their albums were released but like like when i knew paramore in middle school i was mainly listening to riot and then before after laughter was released i remember there was a period in high school where i really liked brand new eyes so it's like 
I've also kind of gone through all the phases of them and grown up alongside them, although not in the like traditional sense like a lot of people have. So I just, it's so cool. Just, just to like think about that. I'm DJ Psyched, yeah, and you're listening to no, I totally, Get Psyched totally podcast. Because totally like I'm, I'm only like two. Ma- yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I relate to like when I did find this band, I totally went back and went through my own version of the phases, yes. which I think a lot of people around our age who are Paramore fans did as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's. I guess we can end on any. You have any final Paramore notes that you would like to Ooh. to bring up? Any experiences? Uh, oh, you you did say that you wanted to talk about something before we started this podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just like a funny, not like side note or like tangent, because it relates to Paramore. But um, senior year of high school, like I said, that's when After Laughter came out, and I was like really going through it, and that album meant a lot to me. And in my um uh, senior year of high school English class. We had a project where we had to do a presentation on, like, a hero of ours. And, like, maybe there was, like, a half split in the class where half the class did, like, um, a relative or someone or, like, their best friend, someone they knew in real life. And then the other half was, like, actors and stuff. And I'm like, hello, my hero is Haley Williams of Paramore. <laughs> and it was great because I, ha- I just got to do, like... A presentation like I I honestly in that presentation I'll have to show you it um after this podcast but I literally just went through all of their albums and talked about like how they've like matured with each one and the different sounds on each album and like talked about like just mature maturity and just growing up and stuff and it was just really cool to present that to my like English class and i hope someone in that class would, like left a new fan of paramore cuz that's really cool but that was like a fun time also um oh do you know you know how like haley wears a bunch of like outfits like she always has a certain look on stage yeah do you know the top it's like a crop top it's sleeveless crop top it's like black and white it has like a like an eyeball on it kind of you know what I'm describing? Uh, Let me I'm see. I'm Googling right now, <laughs> hoping I don't find anything weird by the description I typed in. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, uh, no, I did not find it. I need to show you this. No, <laughs> this is not exactly what... This one, this one, this one, this one. That one? Yes. So I found that online. You like? Do you know what Depop is? No. It's basically just like a thrift online thrift store so kind of like combine a thrift store and then combine like ebay people sell their old clothes so someone was selling that exact thing (laughs) it was from um was american apparel ever a brand that sounds like a brand (laughs) Uh, yeah i think it was like american apparel or something but it was like eight dollars and i was like dude i can get this and like wear something that like Haley has worn and I had this like other really weird like um, button up that was like yellow and then had patterns of like these like green slime monsters on it. And that's not like something that Haley has like worn, but it's totally her style. And I remember in that presentation, like I wore that like crop top and like the monster thing. And like I did my hair a bit weird. So I like kind of like dressed up like her. And I had a slide um, in the PowerPoint about how like her style and how like unique it is and how like it's influenced my style a lot. And I was like, I like dressed up like Haley Williams oh for gosh. this for this presentation, like full on like dweeb um, <laughs> fangirl mode, I guess. But it was so fun. That's that amazing. That's a good time. That is amazing. Yeah, Haley Williams is the reason I dyed my hair blue. Yes. <laughs> Once I had like short blue curly hair. Awesome. And just because like when the first time I saw her live, she was rocking that short was that uh, blue on vibe. Monumental. Yeah. Yes. And that was yeah. a good look. Good that, look. The short blue. Yes. Love That's that look. a fantastic way to transition though, because as far as Haley's clothes, right? There's this thing she used to do during the riot era. I was talking oh, to you yes. about this. I already kind of mentioned the tattoo, but now I kind of want to explain it just a little bit. Just because I really love the meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. It's something brilliant Haley used to do. She had like, uh, she would write boy on her shirts, like B O Y with little dots in between because it stood for something. And um, when she would explain what it meant, she would say that it stands for beware of you. And the concept was we have the ability to build ourselves up, but we're also the ones who ultimately could tear ourselves down. So you have to like beware of your own power. And mm-hmm. um, first time I ever heard that, like as a huge Paramore fan and also like, 
just a huge nerd. I don't know. As soon as I heard that, I was like, I need to get that thing tattooed yeah. on me. <laughs> and 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 on an impulsive decision in a trip but to it was Denver. A good impulse. Oh, in Denver. Oh, yeah, Denver, cool. Colorado. Still, but that's like a good impulse tattoo. It was like, a good impulse decision. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I got two at the same time though. So I, I remember I'll never forget that tattoo shop experience because like first of all, I just went in and was like, I want boy on my ankle. And the guy is like, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he sure. took the reference picture and we we're about to go for it. And I got I got an armband that I have on my arm too that I got at the same time. And I did the thing you you shouldn't do before you get a tattoo, which was not eat like all day, mm-hmm. and and so I'm like bleeding out profusely from my arm. And then by the time they got to my leg, I was about to pass out, but I was like, for Paramore, I just oh my closed gosh. my eyes and toughed through it. That's amazing. Oh, good times. That's but great. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's just it's just one of those things, right? Like this band is one of my favorites, and I know they're one of your favorites too. Um, and this is a band that, like, I, I'll never forget, too, before I got this tattoo, I wanted to just straight up get Paramore uh, in the font that they were using at the time uh, just tattooed on me. And my friends kept telling me, like, bands come and go. You're not going to like this band in a few years. Like, mm-hmm. don't do it. You know, like, a lot of people try to talk you out of yeah. things. They're like, don't do it. Like, it's a band. Yeah. Um, yeah, screw them. <laughs> yeah. Because um, there are some bands, sure, that I wouldn't just, I wouldn't tattoo every band I've ever listened to on me. <laughs> but Paramore is one of those bands that, I, I, I've already been through enough listening to their music and have experienced enough uh, through relating to it and, and just, I don't know, really appreciating every, like their art and how they do it, that even if, which I 100% doubt, one day I didn't like what they were doing, I, I would never regret and you've still, the connection I had before. And you've still like had a pass with them. like They like <laughs> influenced who you were as a person. Oh, yeah, and, and as, and as yeah. Like, a musician and all that, yeah. so... So that's just that's just a point I wanted to bring up. This is to me this band is timeless. <laughs> yeah. I would I would completely agree with that. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, it was nice talking about Paramore yeah, with you. This was a great I love geeking just, out with I people. I just love just getting to talk about Paramore. <laughs> this is excellent. Love that. All right. Well, thank you uh if you stuck around through this whole thing to listen to our our Paramore talking. <laughs> we hope you're just as excited about this new project. Pedals for Armor, yes, which is oh, coming out in like I am hyped five now. days. That, <laughs> is it five days? It is five days. That's wow. So you this know, is so exciting. When 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 all this comes out, maybe we'll come back on here and yeah. react to it. <laughs> we could honestly like break it down because I'm sure you've seen everything online. People think it'll have like a darker side to it. There, we we could unpack that. I think. EP album song I don't even we'll find I, out. I don't think they've, she's said what it is but even if it's just one song we could unpack that song for like an hour I'm sure yeah all right exciting stuff well thank you for listening yes this was the get psych podcast first episode sorry I didn't say that at the beginning but now you know if you stuck around <laughs>